Good morning, church. You guys can stay standing for a sec while we open up in prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here in this place. I thank you that you want to move. We want to receive from you. So I just pray against any distractions right now. I pray that our hearts will be soft and open. And God, I thank you that your word never returns void. Do what you want to do in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. You guys can take your seats. Just another reminder that Easter is two weeks away. This year is flying by, but y'all, come on. It's something to get excited about. It's just like the Super Bowl of Christianity. Hey, like Easter Sunday. So invite your world. Like Chris said, you know, um, you, we can invite our friends because God can save them. You know, God can do anything. And um, Andre and I always get super excited about Easter because we kind of pick a family and we pray for them. And um, we like to buy a big chocolate Easter egg when we give them the invites. Um, but don't miss out on this opportunity, you know? And let us pray for the people in your lives as well. Put the name in the, in the box and let us pray as a church for the people in your life that you want God to touch. Is that good? Okay, is that good, guys? Come on. We want to see our world saved. And Easter, it's, it's awesome. We get to talk about the, the real meaning of, um, yeah, of, of Jesus and, and what he did for us. We're going to kick off the, the message this morning. And I thought I'd start with a bit of a story. It's a slightly dodged story, but it has a really good illustration. So is it okay if I share it? Okay, awesome. So a lot of you will know my brother-in-law. His name is Dino Chikatilo. If you know Dino, he's a bit of a character. I've known him since he was about 14 years old. And um, I won't give, you, give his age away now, but he's not far behind me. And he's now married my sister. But I can remember, cheesh, it's a long time ago now. It was like our first year of marriage, Andre and I. Andre was the youth pastor at this time. And Dino was one of his youth leaders. And we arrived at this very rustic campsite to set up for Easter. Okay, so this is a bit of background to the story. We're setting up for camp, rustic campground. Everyone's working hard. Dino had a bit of a tendency to get distracted, so we always kept an eye on him, you know? And before I go further with my story, I want to know who in the audience this morning knows what an army lily is. Just put up your hand if you know what an army lily is. Okay. You know what it is. A few of you know what it is. Okay. If you know what an army lily is, then I'm assuming you understand its function, right? If you know what it is, you understand its function and its purpose. Okay. Because it's pretty clear. For those of you who don't know what an army lily is, it's a long steel funnel, basically. That's what it looks like. And the purpose of the long steel funnel is, it, is to make it easy for people in the army to relieve themselves, okay? So to urinate without making a mess into the ground. You guys have got it. That's what an army lily is. A little bit more background to the story was this camp was happening in the year of the 2010 Soccer World Cup. So what was everybody obsessed with? Vuvuzelas, that's right. And so we were all hyped and we all had our vuvuzelas. And my darling brother-in-law, while we were setting up tents, he yells, hey, guys, I found a steel vuvuzela. And before anyone, a few people gasped. <gasps> and 
before anyone had a chance to stop him, he had put his mouth over the end and was blowing on the army lily. And yeah, everyone was gasping and someone said, dude, that's disgusting. That's a, you know, and yeah. Anyway, then, then my brother-in-law has quite a weak stomach. He was gagging and looking for a tap and it was all very dramatic, okay? But there's a point to the story that I want you guys to remember, okay? You're gonna remember this point when you remember the story. This is the point. If you don't understand the purpose of something, there's a really good chance that you are gonna abuse it or misuse it. Can I get an amen? <laughs> if you don't understand the purpose of something, there's a very good chance you will abuse it or misuse it. Now, I really do believe that as human beings, a lot of us live our lives that way. We don't really understand our purpose. And as a result, we misuse and abuse our bodies, our lives, our souls, our minds. We, we actually don't protect ourselves. Okay, stick with me. We end up, it's not a healthy place to be in. We end up disillusioned, unfulfilled, and frustrated, all because we haven't settled what we were created for. We haven't got our purpose clear. And we can get into this place where we just feel like, what is the point? Why am I bothering? This is so hard. Why am I even doing this? Maybe it's in your marriage, you feel like you're working so hard, but your partner's just not seeing your point of view and you're battling to sort things out. Or maybe in your workplace, you're giving it everything and you feel like no one's noticing you and you're not getting that, 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 that raise or that new position. Or maybe even as a Christian, you feel like you're trying so hard to do things right, but everything keeps on going wrong in your life and you're saying, why, 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 what's the point? Has anyone ever been there? We get disillusioned and sad. It can lead to depression. And really, I believe what lies at the, at the base, at the root of all of that is that we haven't got clear what our purpose is on this earth. And so the title of today's message is Find Your Why and Find Your Purpose. Is that good? Awesome. We're gonna kick off in Acts Chapter 13, verse 36. So this was Luke. He was writing this portion of scripture and he was talking about David who had lived many years before him. And this is what he writes in verse 36. He says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. Okay, it's a very polite way of saying he passed away, he died, he went to heaven. Okay, but what I want you to focus on is that first part when David had served God's purpose. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to finish my life and I want God to say, well, I want people to say, when Leanne had finished her purpose in her generation. I don't wanna get to heaven and have missed out on my purpose. I wanna live it out. And so I go, how did David get there? How did he get it right? Because life is distracting and we get pulled in so many directions. How did David get it right? And if we look at the life of David, he wasn't perfect. So we can all take a deep breath, okay? Because none of us are perfect. David wasn't perfect, but there's grace. But I think the key 
if we look at David's life, it said it was a, he was a man who understood his why, okay? And that allowed him to serve God's purpose. Now, purpose is a very powerful thing. Would you guys agree? It's powerful. Dr. Miles Monroe, he was a theologian and an author, and he once wrote this. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. That's the greatest tragedy. And I'm sure a lot of you have had seasons like that where you felt demotivated, you, everything's just felt hard. It's been hard to get up in the morning. I think COVID's been a season where a lot of people have, have felt demotivated, maybe even become a bit lazy. But I'll tell you something, there's nothing like a bit of purpose to up your motivation. Would you agree? Just to give you an example, if you had to say to me in 2022, Leanne, I want you to study for 10 hours a day for nine days straight and don't leave the house, I would laugh in your face. I would. There's no ways I'm gonna do it. I'll tell you, you're crazy. I wouldn't do it for all the rice in China. I'm not motivated. But yet, 17, 18 years ago, guess what I was doing for nine days straight? We used to call it hell week or study week in medical school, where you would literally get nine days off. And if you wanted to pass your exams, you legit had to spend 10 hours a day at your desk studying, or you didn't stand a chance, okay? And I did it. Why did I do it? Because I was motivated. I had purpose. I, there was a degree on the line. I, I would be able to help people. I would have the skill set. There was so much purpose. I felt called. So I was motivated. And suddenly 10 hours a day, that was fine. And listen, the, the world tells you to do it. Like, you know, read books on self-love and self-care. And that stuff's not bad, but take it in context. Remember what your actual purpose is. And it's all about, you know, um, we want to be popular. We want to be envied. And sometimes we are so successful and everyone is so envious of us. Yet when we put our head down on the pillow at night, we're not happy. We've got the big house, we've got the big car, we've got the picture-perfect spouse, and deep down inside, we are not happy. We, there's something missing, as cheesy as it sounds. And the reason why we're not satisfied is because you and I were created for heaven, but we're living for this world. And that's never gonna add up. Are you with me, church? If you're created for heaven, you are never gonna find your fulfillment living for this world. You are trying to take something out of the world that it simply cannot give you. Our purpose is to live out God's purpose and God's purpose is eternal. So the good news about that is that it lasts forever and it's powerful, but it's very different to what you and I try to grab onto so often. Second point I wanna make about purpose, and, and this one I think is, is very profound. You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. Can I say that again? You don't find your purpose, you serve God's purpose. Now, if we look at David's life, this was not a man who spent his time pursuing a bucket list, okay? That was not David. 
He wasn't this guy trying to build a platform, trying to get Instagram followers, trying to hobnob with the right people, you know, thinking that if he can just uh, connect with so-and-so, he's going to make it. That wasn't David. When, when um, Solomon, who was God's prophet, came looking for one of Jesse's sons, God said, go to Jesse. One of his sons is the next king. You're going to anoint. I'm going to tell you who it is when you're there. David wasn't hanging around. Where was David? He was in the field tending to the sheep. He was serving. He was serving his purpose. I'm going to read it to you guys. Psalm 78, verse 70 to 71. It says, He, God, chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pen. He took David from tending the ewes and the lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. When Solomon pitched up, I'm sorry, when Samuel pitched up, David was in the field looking after the sheep. That's what he was doing. And you know, the dad, Jesse, was convinced that the firstborn was going to be the next king. He was the good looking one. He was wearing the, the nice clothes. He wasn't, you know, um, busying himself with such lowly things like looking after sheep. And Jesse thought, this, surely this is the one that God's going to choose. But God chose the one who was busying himself with serving. And we see that in David over and over again. I wrote this down and I highlighted it. So then I always know that it's something I, I want to read to you. So I'm going I'm to read this to you guys. Some of us need to stop trying to get in the spotlight when God wants us in the sheep pen. We don't need to seek position. All God's asking us to do is serve. He will lift you up at the right time. He'll promote you. He's got his eyes on you. The Bible says he searches the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are fully devoted to him. You busy yourself with God's business. He will elevate you. He will promote you. He will take care of you. Amen. We don't have to do it. Even with Goliath, if you look, when you guys all know the story of David and Goliath, it's the same David. You know, he was just a teenager, a young boy, and there's this giant tormenting the Israelite army, and nobody was brave enough to stand up to him. And what does David do? This young teenage boy. Firstly, how did he find himself in that situation? What was he busy doing? He was serving. He was bringing sandwiches to his brothers, to the army. He was just serving, a young teenage boy serving, minding his own business. And God decided to use him to demonstrate God's power and might by defeating Goliath. He was always the guy faithfully serving. And I wanna encourage you, that those are the people that God's looking for. Those are the people he's gonna use. Your purpose isn't for you. Your purpose is for God. And you don't find your purpose. You serve God's purpose. Which brings me to my third point. How? How do we practically do this? So, if you want to serve God's purpose, you need to start serving God's people. It's pretty simple, hey? If you want to serve God's purpose, you need to serve God's people. 
Now this can seem very, very simple. And you can say, ah, oh, Leanne, that's a little bit basic. I've got big dreams. I wanna write a book or I wanna start a podcast. I wanna be an influencer. I wanna run a mega church, but you just handed me to serve God's people. That's what our hero did. That's what Jesus did. He came to earth and he served. He served, that's what Jesus did. Mark 10 verse 45, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's never lame to love and it's never lame to serve. I have a medical practice and I'm there um, a few days a week and I've got amazing um, people working for me. And one of the girls, she's, 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 a, she's absolutely amazing. She's highly trained um, in looking after the skin and she always assists me on the doctor's days. And I actually had to speak to her last week because she got quite upset because I kept on trying to wipe the bed down myself. She's like, no doctor, you can't wipe the bed down. And I was like, hey, 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 I'm, I'm not gonna stop wiping the bed down. I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not above wiping a bed down. I said, I really appreciate the fact that you wanna help me so much and please don't stop, but we're a team and we're in this together. And the day that I think that I'm too big to wipe a bed down, I'm in trouble because you are never too big to serve. And that's a culture I want to be in every sphere of my life because that's who Jesus was, he was a servant. So I said to her, you go get the next patient ready. I'm gonna carry on cleaning the bed. We're gonna work as a team, but I'm gonna do this. this I got this, don't worry. And the point that I wanna to make to you is it has to be in our DNA because we are Christians, we're little Christ. And Jesus came to serve. He washed the disciples' feet, he gave his life. You couldn't serve any more than you possibly did. He's our greatest example. If you wanna say, I wanna live out my purpose, but I don't know how, just stop every day and say, how can I serve today? In this environment, in this situation, how can I serve? If you're a business owner, how can my business serve people? Is what I'm doing gonna serve the people that, that I'm catering to? Because if it is, you're winning. Serve. If you are, if you're a business owner and you have employees, are you serving your employees? Are you actually being a blessing to them? Are they blessed to work for you? If you're a stay-at-home mom and you wanna know, am I living out my purpose? Well, are you, are you serving your kids? And I'm not talking about making their beds or, 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 or making their breakfast. Um, I was not raised like that. My husband was, so it's, it's quite funny us coming together because my mom was like, you make your own bed. And, and, and like I say, we didn't really, breakfast was not a thing until I got to high school and I learned like in life orientation that it was actually an important meal. I was like, oh, okay. And then my husband got breakfast in bed till he was 22. So it was a bit of a cultural difference. So with our kids, I'm like, 
dude, they're seven and nine. They can reach the, the plastic bowls, the cereals right there. It's not dangerous for anyone. Let them make their own breakfast. Can I get an amen? All the moms. <laughs> but you know how you can serve your kids? Ooh. <laughs> You can serve your kids by teaching them that Sunday is the most important day of the week. And no matter what, they're gonna be in the house of God that this is a priority. That's how you serve your kids. You teach them that even if it's sunny and the beach looks great, they're gonna be in the house of God. You teach them that if it's pouring with rain and you wanna be under the duvet covers, no ways, we're gonna be in the house of God because better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. That's how you serve your kids. You're real. When you mess up, you say, I'm sorry, mommy was wrong. That wouldn't have made Jesus happy. Listen, if you hang out with me for a day, you will realize I am far from perfect. I'm a work in progress. So I want my kids to know that, that, that mommy's not perfect, but she loves Jesus. So it's so important that they watch me say, I'm sorry. I could have done that better. I think one of the biggest gifts my parents gave me was they were so real. They loved Jesus, they messed up, they owned it, but they taught me from the youngest age that He was the most important thing, that following Jesus is more important than anything. And they couldn't have served me any better because they installed that in me. You don't need a platform to serve God's people. You don't need social media. You don't need an audience. You don't need an Instagram reel. Do you know what the only thing you need is to serve God's people? It's people. That's all you need. You know, one of the most powerful ways you can serve people is go into your bedroom, close the door and pray for them. Come on, if you are saved, the Bible says the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. So when you pray, it's powerful and effective. They don't even have to know that you're praying for them. Or you can bake them some muffins if they're going through a rough time. Ring the doorbell, drop the muffins, get in the car and go and just bless them. Or if you're a really good cook, then you just drive really slow so they can see it was you. I would drive really fast because I'm a really bad cook. So thought that counts, eh? Or just buy them some groceries. They're going through a rough time. This is how every day we can just serve people, just practically live, live it out, live out the love of God. You know, reaching your purpose is not a one-time event. It's not like, oh, I finally got that position. I'm now the fifth grade teacher. Or I finally got my medical degree. Like I've reached my purpose. Or I finally made it to CEO. No. It's a series of decisions that you live out every day for a lifetime. It's a lifetime of healthy decisions, deciding to serve people, to make Jesus proud, to bring Him glory. The greatest thrill you will ever get is being used by God. I believe that with all my heart. No holiday, no new house, not win winning the lottery, nothing will fulfill you in the way that being used by God will. I believe that with all my heart. You might think she's nuts. I'd take the trip to Disneyland. I promise you, it will not fulfill you 
the way that being used by God will. Because being used by God has eternal ramifications. It will last for an eternity. And the Bible says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's a spiritual principle. It's not something that you can compete with in the natural. You know, we had a lady who stopped coming to church during COVID and she came back and she said, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I missed it so much. And all she wanted to know was, when can I start serving? Like, do I have to do growth track again? Because I'll do it. Just tell me what I have to do because I want to start serving. And we were quite like, and she just said, I've missed serving. There's nothing like serving in my father's house. I just want to serve again. And that's because she's building into eternities. Her actions are, are having an eternal, eternal ramification. I wanna encourage you this morning, if you're not part of our dream team, get on our dream team. You are missing out. We need you, you're part of the family. This morning I pulled up and I was greeted by huge smiles on the car park and I was ushered into a parking and I just thought, yes, these guys are amazing. They made me smile. How awesome was the worship today? These guys are awesome. You can tell they've been in the presence of God and they led us in together, which was incredible. If you've got that talent, we need you on the team. Serve. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Your purpose is always to bring glory to God and to point people to Jesus. If we can figure out our why, we can figure out our purpose, and we can do it bit by bit every day. I'm gonna ask you guys just to stand to your feet quickly as we're closing the service. I'm gonna pray for us right now as a church family. I mean, even with Easter coming up in two weeks, we've got an opportunity to invite our worlds and to get them to experience the love of Jesus. We get to serve people in a way that can count for eternity. So I hope that you've got your family that you're inviting, buy them a cool Easter egg. That's a way that you get to serve. And let us pray together as a church. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want us to pray together right now. I'm actually gonna pray before we sing. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys to lift your hands up. This is nothing weird. This is just a sign of surrender. You're saying, God, I surrender in this moment but I'm gonna pray for us as a church because I know that this world needs Jesus more than ever. Father God, we love you. You are an amazing God. You are our hope. You are our creator. You are our savior. You are the reason that we are here. You are the reason that we are breathing. You are the reason we exist. And right now as a church, we are saying, use us. God, we know that our purpose is to serve your purpose, to bring you glory. And God, I pray that you will mobilize every one of us, God, to serve in the way that you want us to serve. Every day, God, continually, let it become our, in our DNA and our culture. Won't you prompt us? Won't you speak to us right now about places and areas that you want us to serve, people you want us to pray for? God, we are surrendering to you. We love you. You are everything, Jesus. We honor you right now. We lift you up. Come on, church. We're gonna praise our God. Come on.
that you hold us in the palm of your hand. You're a faithful God. You're a sure foundation. We put our trust in you. We love you. Thank you that we get to serve you. You're an amazing God. Church, as we stay in this attitude of worship with every head bowed out of respect, you know, we spoke about sin a little bit earlier and we said that sin is really missing the mark, not being sure of your purpose. And we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, but God by His grace sent Jesus to serve His purpose. He lived a perfect life and then He died to pay the price for your sin and my sin so that anyone, no matter how much they've sinned or how badly they've missed the mark, the Bible says if they call on the name of Jesus, they will be saved. And if you are here this morning and you're saying, Leanne, I don't know Jesus. I haven't asked Him to be Lord of my life, but I want to. I wanna live for something greater than myself. I wanna live for something that has an eternal ramification. I want God to say to me at the end of my life, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want it to be said of me that I lived out my purpose in my generation. Then today is for you. Today is the day of salvation. You are here on purpose for a reason. And with every head bowed out of respect, if you wanna give your life to Jesus or maybe you feel like you need to recommit your life, you've drifted away, then with every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three and just ask you to pop your hand up so that I can see it. Because Jesus says in the Bible, if you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. So with every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three. One, God so loved the world. Two, that He gave His one and only Son. Three, you can pop your hand up if you wanna give your life to Jesus. I see that hand, I see that hand. That's awesome, I see that hand, I see that hand. Come on, this is an amazing day. The whole of heaven is having a party. Anybody else, you don't wanna miss out. Anyone that I haven't spotted, just stick your hand up so I can see it nice and high. We see that hand, that is awesome. We see that hand at the back, that's awesome. We see that hand. See that hand? Come on, guys, this is amazing. The whole of heaven is going crazy right now. I love that thought that heaven is rejoicing. If your heart's beating really fast, that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, I'm talking to you too. And I don't want you to miss out. So just one more, if you wanna give your life to Jesus or recommit, just pop your hand up so I can see it. One last time. Anybody else? We see those hands at the back, that's awesome. We see that hand, awesome. Okay, church, can we pray out loud as a family? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I surrender my life. And I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me, to save me, and to make me brand new. I wanna serve you. I wanna live for you. And I wanna fall in love with you. I thank you that right now, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Let's give God a big hand. What an awesome Sunday. I just really wanna encourage you. If you stack your hand up, Andre always uses this illustration. If you hit a home run in baseball, you never run to first base and then stop. You run all the bases. You've hit a spiritual home run. So 
you know, connect with someone. Put your name down for Growth Track. We've also got a course online, Following Jesus. Sign up for that. We need to do this together. We're a family. Please come to Growth Track. We've got a view group for you. Um, this church has got so many different little communities you can become a part of. Is that good? Guys, have an amazing Sunday. Don't forget to get your Easter tickets. And Andre will be preaching tonight. It's a double dip Sunday. Awesome.